0: So welcome to the Out of Your Podcast. I am Justin alongside my co-host Hoodlum and we are here with a special guest, Griffin McCoy. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on guys.
0: Just start off, just telling us a little bit a bit about yourself and and just like how you got into the business.
1: Sure. Uh I started like uh I guess it's been four years ago at this point. Into the this business, uh was from like my, my other friends in uh, Young Dumb and Broke. You know, Jordan Oliver, Ellis Taylor, Charlie Tiger. Uh, we were all friends just from like, you know, just being like real life friends. Like I grew up with uh, Ellis and Charlie. And we met Jordan when we were like 16 or so. So we were already friends with him for a couple of years. And they all were wrestling. Jordan started wrestling a couple years before us. And then Ellis and Charlie started training at uh, CZW, Combat on Wrestling. And this was like 2018. We were all, or me, uh, uh, Alice and Charlie, were Ryan. all in our senior year of high school. Um, um, I was wrestling a- at the time. Like I did amateur wrestling in high school a little bit. I did amateur wrestling in middle school, but I wasn't professionally wrestling. And then they started professionally wrestling senior year. And I think it was like a month after, after my 18th birthday in October. They were like, "Yo, you need to, you need to pull up." You know you you want to be a wrestler for so long but uh you know this is your opportunity to go do it and so that's how I started going I think like a month after my 18th birthday I started training at combat zone in uh November of 2018 and I just started training for a few months from there and I slowly started uh getting out a little bit more and wrestling along like you know the New Jersey New York Pennsylvania local scene and just been building ever since then
0: So, when it comes down to, like, what what is your favorite like on the road story when traveling with like young, Tom and broke? <laughs> you know, it's the
1: funny thing, man. Uh, every time, what like either myself or any of my friends like do a podcast, you know, the question like always comes up about uh like a, a good road trip and you know road trip stories are always the best stories. But yeah. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> we always forget our best road stories <laughs> when we're like doing the podcast stuff. like we were talking about this like, like two weeks ago and we were saying how like man like you know whenever I do like a podcast or interview I always forget our best road stories but as soon as we get together we start talking about it it's like the easiest thing to remember but uh I guess one off the top of my head oh shit I mean, one time... <laughs> <laughs> one time, this is a little bit short one, but uh, it was me, it was myself, Jordan Oliver, Ellis, Charlie, uh, Jimmy Lloyd. And this was a couple years ago, and we were wrestling for a promotion called ECW in Ohio. But obviously, it's not like, you know, some other thing called ECW, but <laughs> we were coming back, and it must have been like... I don't don't think it might have been like early, early morning, like five or six in the morning. I was in like the passenger seat, Charlie was driving, you know, we were all knocked out. This was like after we were coming back from the show. And I was dreaming about being in like a plane or a helicopter. And I had a dream that we were like like taking like a nosedive or something. And then I wake up to find the car is just like three sixties down the highway. Like we are a full out of control spinning and everyone's just like i just wake up screaming and we're all screaming and all of a sudden we just come to like a complete stop like four seconds later just like straight as an arrow like in the lane on the highway and i was like i'm like what the hell just happened and apparently like a deer ran in front of the car i guess charlie like tried to like move out the way but we ended up just doing like several full rotations down the highway and we just came to a complete stop but we ended up being totally fine. Didn't hit the deer. And uh and yeah.
0: Thank God the deer's alright.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, was right?
0: say, I was about to say I say you said ECW. I thought isn't he a little young for that?
1: Yeah no, no 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 yeah. This is like some it was called uh Oh man, what was it even called? I think it was also called Extreme Championship Wrestling. But it was in Toledo, Ohio. And it was obviously not, like, the actual ECW, but, I don't know, just some promoter who, like, (laughs) he was was a wacky guy. He was a good guy, but he was a little wacky. It's
0: a huge mark for uh, ECW, it seems like.
1: (laughs) probably a wrestling fan, really. He was not even really a wrestling fan. Like, he kind of knew it, but he was just, like, a business dude in, like, Toledo, Ohio. And, like, uh, you know, I guess he was, like, maybe his kids were into it or, like, he wasn't, like, a huge, like, wrestling mark, but... He ended up just making the company because he thought he could make some good money off of it, and he was like a good guy. You know, he always hooked us up. But you know, he like booked like the Sandman a couple times, and like really tried to like he tried to make a knockoff of CW. Like he was really into tables and like doors, and <laughs> mm-hmm. chairs and <sighs> stuff. He's like, he's like, get extreme, man! And I'm like, wow, oh, you know, maybe Paul like, would love him. Yeah, or yeah, you know, he probably would. You know, this guy was like, his name was uh oh man, it seems like Larry something. But uh, he was a nut, nut job. He would always offer us like hookers and stuff. But he was a good dude. He was a good dude.
0: <laughs> All right. So I think hold on You think you got? I think I. I yeah. think you should ask a question. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I, I, I've
0: got some questions I can ask. Yeah. So the first question I want to ask: What would you say is your favorite match you've ever done? Um,
1: favorite match, match that I've ever done? Um, I guess like a recent one that I did was against. Uh, either, I had two matches recently that I'm like. That were really good. Um, it was
0: either against Fred Yehai and
1: CZW. And then I won against JD Drake. And that was like. A month ago. And then the one against Fred Yehai was. I think it was September or August or something. I think it was like September. It was, like, the first CZW show back after, you know, the hiatus. And I wrestled Fred Yehi in the main event. And that was probably one of my favorite matches. That and the JD-Drake match I had two months later, which is, like, a month ago at this point. But um, both of those matches were, like, were definitely my favorite matches, at least singles matches I've had over the past couple years.
0: So when we talk about the hiatus from uh, from CZW, do you think – What is your, like, main goal when it comes to, like, CZW, when it, after it came, comes back?
1: Repeat that question.
0: Uh, after coming back, what is your main goal in CZW? Yeah, I
1: apologize.
0: One more time. Uh... Uh, like, just, like, what is your main goal after the, uh, the comeback of EC- of CZW?
1: I apologize, guys. My Wi-Fi in my room is, like, super trash.
0: Oh, yeah, that's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I apologize, yeah. It's fine. I, I think
0: we can all relate to that. Yeah, I
1: so, can all right. <laughs> it's where you actually want the Wi-Fi to reach, and it never reaches your room.
0: Exactly, man. My God.
1: Wait, hold on. Give me one second. I'm exiting out of everything real quick. Yep.
0: Aiden, if you're watching this, uh, just now, uh, uh, on Universe better. Damn. All right. I think, I think
1: you should be, I think it should be good. Repeat that question one more time for me, I, I but like,
0: after the shutdown and all the, after coming back from CZ, or into CZW, what is, the, like, your main goal with this new version of CZW, basically?
1: Yeah, man, man. I, my man, my Wi Fi is really killing me right now. Give me one sec.
0: All right. Do you understand? You guys understand what I'm saying, right?
1: Yeah. I do. I not know no. My I, shit, my stuff. Yeah. Gosh, I apologize. <laughs> nah, you. Good. I'm moving uh, into another room with better Wi Fi. Hopefully, this works. Yeah.
0: No, I would understand if it wasn't. And, and never mind. Never mind. Cut <laughs> that. I would. Uh, I. 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 I relate hard to that. <laughs>
1: All right, I'm in the room with the, the sh- with the uh, actual box now. So let's try this question for the fifth time. Yeah, let's for the fifth
0: for like the sixtieth <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's... All right. So with the reboot of CZW after the pandemic, what is your main goal coming into like with this new imp- and approved version of CZW? Yeah, this shit
1: and Obviously, I heard you perfectly that time. Uh, my main, my main goal for this reboot is I really want to make CCW uh, I want to make it new and I also want to take it to a level or can become one of the most desirable places for young up and coming wrestlers to want to wrestle at. Those are my two biggest goals, you know, uh. Obviously, I grew up as a CZW fan, like when I was starting into like my, my indie wrestling fandom, when I was like in my early teenage years, it was CW is the first independent company I've ever seen in my entire life. It was the first independent show I ever went to. It was uh, it was a really an eye-opening experience and really like turned me on to independent wrestling. But, you know, the CZW that's now and the CZW that was before are two different companies in my opinion. This CZW that we have now is – I mean, I'm, saying I'm, a, I'm a holdover of, like, the past, you know, CCW, And, like, obviously, there's guys like Vinny Talata and Aaron Ash who are all, you know, wrestling either on the main shows beforehand or doing, like, through the Dojo Wars or the Dojo system. But what we're doing now is uh, – almost liken it to, like, uh, how Ring of Honor first started up. Like, their whole basis for a company was, uh, was young, hard-hitting – Like technically sound athletic talent, and I know that sounds like that could be like a lot of companies right now, but I don't know. There's, I feel like a lot of companies nowadays they focus on shock value a lot, you know, which is fine, you know, it works really well, and obviously, for the time we're in, it's very like social media driven and shock value driven, but I think. Wrestling really is like a pro sport in the way you have to train and prepare yourself and be in shape and, you know, the travel, all of that. I think that gets lost on a lot of people and people have lost a lot of respect for it. And what we're trying to do with the new CCW is kind of just bring the sport, uh, I guess, the emotional investment back into wrestling. That's That's our big mission statement, at least for me, the way I see it, is that we're trying to push the pro side pro athletic side, as well as the emotional investment and storytelling side. And then, you know, hopefully through pushing that, like we've already gotten a lot of young wrestlers coming to us, trying out. We did a combine recently where we had a bunch of wrestlers from all across the country come around. Some couldn't make it. I think we're running another one in uh, February, I'm pretty sure, for those who weren't able to make it. But, you know, a lot of people all around the country, young wrestlers from a bunch of different schools all came around. A lot with potential and drive and willingness to want to learn and better themselves so you know we're just trying to make this somewhere that you know young guys who really want to like become masters of their craft this is where they can start and this is where they can start building their name and their platform oh 100 percent!
0: really cool <laughs> you know you know, I gotta ask, you work for GCW and CZW, two companies known for death matches. but do you consider yourself a deathmatch wrestler?
1: I mean, I'm, like, I'm definitely a guy who would never say never, and obviously, like, I love deathmatch wrestling, like, mm-hmm. I never really saw myself as the big deathmatch wrestler, though. I would be down to do it if the timing and the money was right. Like if it's like a big you know, if the situation calls for it. Like I have great respect for the art of deathmatch wrestling. You know, I think much like just wrestling in general right now, like some people really like it for the shock value. But I think there is like a pure like mm-hmm. artistry and mastery that you can have being a deathmatch wrestler. And there's obviously guys like, you know, like the Nick Gauges, the Matt Tremont, the Alex Colognes, um, those like really know what the art of death wrestling is. And there's obviously dudes who are coming up right now who I think also will have that, have that mindset and are coming up and like will embody that role one day. But, you know, some <laughs> of them are just like, you know, just like, oh, man, I'll just hit people in the head with tubes and it'll be sick, right? Like, you know, well, it is sick, but, you know, I think, you know, at some point, people don't care about that anymore, even though it's still like still awesome and like core experience there's a certain point where like it's just like fireworks you know if you're watching fireworks for an hour at some point it gets old so i think there are dudes who definitely like you know the mastery of that and some who are working towards that mastery but as for myself you know like i would definitely be down but it's just gotta be the right timing man you know I got, I got a pretty face and i do not want it scarred up <laughs> i mean at some point it will be but you know, I like to keep it as pretty as long as possible.
0: You're not trying to get the new jack forehead yet.
1: Nah, not yet. Yeah. You know, like I bet one day when I'm like 50, that would be cool. But I don't want to have that and not even be like 30. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that that shit that shit takes a toll on you, man. Like that deathmatch wrestling will age you if you are going hard and if you're like you're doing that for a while. I don't think people understand, like, you know, the, like, the top news in deathmatch are like some news you may think they're like, oh man, that guy's like 40 or something, or like 50. Like, a lot of these guys are just like mid to late 30s, and you would have never guessed that. And, like, you know, deathmatch wrestling, like, people who do it weekend in, like, every weekend, twice a weekend, three times, however many times they do it on a consistent basis, like, they do it at a high level. I have nothing but respect for those guys because that that really takes a toll on your body. Like you know, wrestling of course takes a toll on your body, but like if you're definitely wrestling hard at a high level, that's like you know, speeds up five times the aging process on your body. It's it's seriously brutal. I'd be down to do it, you know, like, even, like, uh, like one time before the pandemic hit, uh, I guess, like, it was going to be May 2020, it was going to be Tournament of Death, and there was a strong possibility it would have been Young, Dumb, and Broke versus uh, The Skulk, so it would have been, like, Leon <laughs> Ruff, Adrian Ananas, uh, Liam Gray, and Aaron Fox versus Me and the Boys, so it was going to be, like, a 4 and 4 like, specialty like tornado match, so there's was a strong possibility that was going to happen, but obviously, like COVID hit, and you know that obviously was thrown out the window.
0: The biggest opportunity that was like kind of ruined for you when it came to COVID. Um
1: definitely my spring, spring break match, or like uh, my spring break match it was going to be. The four of us versus Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt, and uh and uh, what the heck's his name?
0: Uh, Jungle Boy.
1: Hey, yeah, Jungle Boy. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot that. But yeah, it was gonna be you know like a four on three. Maybe they would have gotten a fourth guy or something. Who knows? But you know it was like that match was set in stone. Honestly, didn't know if I was going to be a part of that match, but like it got you know ended up being the four of us versus the three of them. We had a poster and everything. And we were a month out, and that was, you know, taken away like that. Oh, so that was definitely, man. yeah, no, it was like, like it's one of those things that, like, kind of bugs me, I guess. But, like, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like, everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. As long as I just work hard, you know, it will all even out. And everything, you know, was put in place for good purpose. So, but just like, when that happened, I was like, man, like, that is, a uh, you know, that was a little – I was definitely salty after that one. That was, like, the biggest opportunity I definitely missed out. And I knew there was going to be, like, other opportunities that came from that match. Like, I knew the implications of that match headed in. And if we did well, which I'm pretty sure we would have, like, I think that would have put us on, like, a, a very different career path than we are on right now. You know, like, I can't say it for certain, but, you know, I knew there was going to be, like, bigger opportunities to come to that match if we put on a good showing you know everything happens for a reason and i'm honest i'm cool with where i'm at now you know I, I ain't complaining so you know yeah it was a little it was definitely rough at that point in time
0: um let me ask you who's your dream opponent on the independent scene
1: so like not signed to a contract or like
0: well yeah just anyone on the indies not signed to aw or
1: wwe um, I think the biggest one I like think a lot of people right now but I'm going to say anyways is Davey Richards uh, that dude is I feel like it's one of the very very few people who are wrestling on the indie scene who are like true masters of their craft just like I said with Deathmatch Wrestling before like that dude is does his style is so different you know like obviously now like MMA and all that have become so mainstream and like obviously like you know a lot of dudes beforehand had like you know backhands and that and you know whatever but no one really brought it to like that pro wrestling level like he did and he was able to like take that very unique style and still make it work and like thin the context of wrestling and you know he, he can do it all you know he's the man so he's definitely a big one um, another big one that I like to have, like, Leo Rush. So that does this mean, uh, sick.
0: we're gonna get <laughs> Griffin McCoy versus, uh, Davey Richards at Boys Sport?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man, maybe, you know, like, I do have a background of, like, amateur wrestling, I think kickboxing. I mean, I didn't I did karate when I was, like, five as well. Five <laughs> no, same. You know, like, I, was, I was pretty sick of karate too, so, <laughs> but, I don't know, like, that, that'd be pretty cool, man, but, I don't know, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. I'm never going to say never. I would love for that to happen, but I know me and him have crossed paths once a month and a half ago where we wrestled each other in a fatal four-way for this company called PPW, and, uh, you know, we got to mix it up in there, and i tell you what, like, that was one of the most refined experiences of my life because it wasn't like – when he stepped into the ring, like, I was – a lot of people get, like, probably really nervous or whatever. But I was the one of the most excited times I've ever been inside of a professional wrestling ring. Like, that was, like, just an exciting moment. It wasn't like I was in awe or anything, but it was just, like, like, wow. Like, this is, like, an opportunity to really, like, test myself and, like, put myself head-to-head with, like... At one point, that dude was one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, when he was, like, in his prime, Davey Richards, Ring of Honor World Champion, wrestling for New Japan, like, mm-hmm. he was he was one of the top wrestlers in the world and like, you know, I, I was a huge fan of him. I'm still like, a, I still, you know, love to watch him wrestle, but it's just that difference of, uh, you know, you can't be intimidated by these dudes that you looked up to at one point in your life. Like, obviously I still look to these guys for inspiration just because of you know, they are masters of their craft, but you know, you can't like have the sense that like you are lesser than these guys and and like, you know, in a when you step in the ring, like, you know, maybe you're not where he is, experience level and like skill, obviously. But in that moment, moment in time, you know, you know, it you got like your nuts hanging. In, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can't be you can't be scared of that dude. You gotta look that dude in the eyes and you know, you let him know that you're here, let him know that you got some dog in you. But uh, That'd be a cool match. You're my too. There's a lot of dudes who are actually coming back that like, you know. There's those possibilities. But I think within the next year, those two guys are, like, actually attainable for me to have a match against them. I think in the next year or so, like, I think at least one of those matches can take place.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what is the, like, what is the most, like, hyped up you've ever been in a wrestling
1: ring. <laughs> um most hyped up I've ever been in a wrestling ring. So only I say Rich was obviously one of them, but um oh man when uh this was at like the voltage lounge for GCW. I forget what show this was but it was me and the young dumb cr- crew we attacked attack we attacked somebody and that's what led to uh, Joey Janela's return because he left GCW like a few months prior because that's when he first got signed to AEW and he had his whole like going away party and like Asbury Park. He had like his last, his supposed last match for a while. But he um, came back a few months lot. later and we beat up somebody. After, I really forget who we beat up, but he came out. And it was the first time in like months that he came back to UCW and like we were in the voltage Lounge in Philadelphia and it's like, you know, it holds like a good amount of people, but it's like, you know, it's like a music hall, like slash bar. So it's a little packed in, but every single person went absolutely apeshit. Like they, like, (laughs) they were like, you know, you hear like some pretty big, like loud crowd reactions, you know, like I've heard some in my day, but like to be in the center of that and like that was like a roar you know like I've heard some loud reactions but that was like literally the crowd was roaring and he came out and then he like closed on me in like the face and like half knocked me out but, uh, but you know before that it was a pretty wild experience I was like wow like they are excited <laughs> like they are pumped and like I you know obviously like you're in the middle of that storm and you are feeding off that energy like I just remember like trying to look at him and I felt like I was just seeing like the world vibrating like that's how like you know it probably wasn't but like that's how it felt at the time like you know i felt like everything was just like but air was like vibrating from like how loud that reaction was and like just the excitement and then like that just transferred to myself and i know the other guys definitely felt that shit too but like just for myself you know i just like that was definitely one of the most exciting and like you know intense moments i've had in a wrestling ring. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you gotta think like the adrenaline when it comes to like when you're taking that hit like from that pop, that <laughs> that must have been like insane because you were taking the hit but you were still like you still had all the adrenaline from the pop from uh, from like the return so like it, you barely felt anything. Ba- <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I, I'm not. Well, I felt know. that shit. Like he hit me square in the mouth. Like he gave me a clothesline right to the mouth. I'm like, it didn't hurt, her. But like, uh, I I saw a flash, you know. Like I don't, I don't think I got concussed or anything like that. But uh, you know, I mean that that woke me up. You know, what I'm saying from my uh, from my adrenaline. Like that was just like, you know, back to reality real quick. Like you know, you're still like in the middle of a ring. But, but you know, it definitely would have hurt much more if it wasn't in that environment. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. You've you've had you've we've seen you all in these independent promotions. Like, what is the n- next step? What is the, like your end goal when it comes to professional
1: wrestling? Oh, my end Goal is to one day buy a house in Montana on a lake with uh you know in a moderately sized cabin, but you know it's really nice interior. But that's my end goal from all this wrestling stuff. But obviously, one day like. My two biggest goals are to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in Japan for New Japan. And then to, you know, obviously I want to become like WWE Champion. Like, that is definitely those two, like, my biggest, like, goals of all time. But New Japan, like, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, like, I think New Japan is what really turned me, like, wanting to be, uh, Like Like just like one of the best technically sound like wrestlers they just want to make you be like the best wrestler in the world i don't know if that's kind of like a broad statement but like winning that like you are in terms of like a technical just like skill sense you are deaf. you are probably the best wrestler in the world at that point i don't think it's the same thing for being in the wwe i think that's more just like you know obviously you have to be you have to be pretty darn good, but just like your, your inner, you know, your entertainment value, and I think that's more like a business thing, you know. And WWE, it's like how how much business, you know, how you know how big of business are you? Like you are the biggest like business box office draw if you're the WWE champion, if you're the IWGP champion, you're the best wrestler in the world. So as a pure wrestler, I want to be the IWGP heavyweight champion, but also as like uh you know just a fan of the entertainment side and just. Wanting to have that, like, status of being, like, a big box office draw. I want to be the WWE Champion. And I want to headline WrestleMania one day, too. But...
0: Those are... that. I mean, who doesn't want to do that when it comes down to, like, their main... Go- or their, like, top go- top of the goal... Like, top of the che- checklist.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised, to be honest. Like, a lot of these dudes that I've been meeting are you know, obviously there's, like, high-level people, but even people who are, like, at a high-level, like, I think they hit a ceiling within themselves that, like, they'll never hold exactly, like, they'll like, we'll <laughs> never be that. You know, or some people who, honestly, just, like, it's a fact of life, but, like, some people, like, they just might not be equipped enough to, like, be at that point, you know? Because Like, that's a, it's one thing to say it, but to really, like, be either, let's say it's a WWE champion. Like, that's a big one that most people, you know, you might not be heard of WWE, but, but uh, you know, just to be that, I, you just have, like, you know, you kind of, it, it's kind of a weird statement. We kind of need to be like a stud from birth. Like, like, you know, even though there's, there's been a, a lot of different champions who don't, aren't just like, you know, big six, five jack dudes, you know, there's people like, you know, like a Mick Foley, like a CM Punk. Daniel Bryan, Brian Nielsen, whatever you want to call him, like, those dudes may not be, the like, atypical, but they're, like, uh, you know, they're still, like, studs from birth, you know, like, there's something that sets them apart from all their other peers, and, like, I think you can tell with some wrestlers, you know, not everyone, some will surprise you, for sure, but you look at some guys, and, like, even though they're at, like, a good level, like, you know, that dude does not have it in them. It's just kind of, like, that might just be an asshole thing, like, I'm a bit of an asshole, so... That might be something I'm just saying to myself. <laughs> but, like, I might just be putting that on other people like a dick, but, you know, I just from, like, what I've studied and, like, you know, because, like, you know, I studied this wrestling stuff a lot, you know, just, like, not just the fact of, like, what it takes to be, like, good in the ring, but just all around. Like, it, there's a lot that goes into it, you know? So just from seeing the dudes who, like, really did reach that top level, like, you know, you need to have – or at least you have the mindset – to want to get good at all of those aspects. And there's a lot of due to like, you know, I think they kind of know that like they've put like chains on themselves or they put, you know, they said, "Oh, I can't do that part of wrestling." Or like, "Oh, I can't, you know, I might be really good at this one specific part of wrestling, but other stuff I can't do it." You know, I tried it, I can't do it. And you can see like, you know, maybe they do have that ability, but they put that block on themselves. I like, you know, they won't be able to achieve that status. And I think, like, that's where a lot of dudes handicap themselves. Or even though they say they want to be that goal, like, they probably won't reach it because their mental game is not strong enough to get them to that next point, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's all about, like, the the mentality and the confidence and, like, the charisma when it comes down to professional wrestling because you got to have the mentality, like, I want to reach this goal and I'm, like, willing to work for it at, like like at any uh, cost.
1: Exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's almost like, it's a cliche, you know, like to get to where you want to be by any means necessary, sacrifice, and, you know, what are the pros and cons, and everyone, I think everyone, when it comes to any aspect of life or wanting to be successful, you have that in mind. But, I think, I've been like four, four or five years, and I've had to kind of make, some of those sacrifices along the way. And I've had some of those like physical and mental roadblocks that I've had to like overcome that I I kind of thought maybe I wouldn't be able to do it. But um, that real life stuff hits you, you know, those real doubts or those real like, real like life altering decisions that you have to make, those are very tough. Like it's not just black and white of like, yeah, I'll choose wrestling, like, you know, there's some serious like real life implications. Like, you know, not getting like super deep, but you know, there's like some real life decisions people have to make and choosing wrestling is not always like the right choice, you know? And like, maybe if you want to take that next level or whatever, you're going to have to make the wrong choice of choosing wrestling. And you might lose a lot in your personal life. Like that could be anything, whether it's, you know, well, it might be simple as like moving away from like your home, like, People say, like, oh, I moved, like, you know, that's I've had to move several times in my life. Like that shit is tough. Like, new city, find new accommodations, figure all that stuff out. Like, that's not, it's not easy just to like do that. You know, it's like it's much to say like, yeah, I can just get up and move anytime I want. Like, you know, it's not as easy. If you have to really build, like, you know, whatever up. It's it's a whole lot of complicated stuff. Like it's it's tough to make those real life sacrifices and like you know, I can, I can talk all the shit I want out to you about, yeah, I'll make those sacrifices, but like, you know, we all got baggage, you know, we all have things that like, man, like, do I really want to leave this thing in my life behind, whether it's, you know, family or like relationships or whatever, like means a lot to you, you might honestly have to like sacrifice that and be like, totally cool with leaving that behind in order to reach your goals. And like, honestly, it might not work out or even if you where you you go where you want to get to that might like, you know, while you might get to where you want to get to success-wise and, like, your job, like, your life might be a, a mess. You know, like, you see a lot of these top dudes, like, their home lives or whatever, they're a mess. And, like, they chose wrestling over everything. So, you know, you kind of got to be cool with, like, the pros and the cons of it. You know, it's not as I mean, easy as as people seem, you know, to, like, make those decisions.
0: I mean, talking about that, I mean, you just look at people like Jake the Snake wrestling has really done that but you have to make that commitment to get your dreams and i respect all, all the wrestlers that do it just for that info right there
1: Yeah, no, it's like you know obviously like I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan too man like there's times where like man like that, you <laughs> i'm sucking right now like you know suck it up bro like come on like whatever like i'm i would kill to be where you're at right now and like well i can say that too and i have those thoughts like man this you know i don't know what that dude's dealing with like i highly doubt jake the snake roberts wanted to get addicted to like fucking crack and stuff like you know <laughs> i he did not set out from like the initial points when he was a child but like, i know he came from a very rough childhood and, like you know you, try, you kind of just end up being there just because of like how life turned out for you but, like i know like a lot of these dudes you know, I don't know if Ric Flair wanted to wake up with like, you know, oh, I have like six failed marriages. Like, I don't know. You might be just cool with that at this point. You know, that's just kind of who he is. But, you know, some dudes like, you know, you probably didn't like set out as a kid like, yeah, you know, one day I want to be the best wrestler in the world with like a severe alcohol problem, like six failed marriages. Like, you know, <laughs> there's a, you know, you, got, you might have that one thing. But you might have like those other things that are just like, damn, man, like, I don't care, dude. That's that's definitely got to suck on some level, you know?
0: Exactly. Let me ask you: What is your favorite style to wrestle, and your favorite style to watch?
1: Favorite style to wrestle, well, I, I like doing it all. I haven't, haven't gone to do a lot of like lucha wrestling, but uh, I'm like starting. We have like a new trainer at the school, Deshaun Pratt, and he's like very well versed in the art of like lucha wrestling. So we're starting to do that a little bit more. But like I haven't been able to wrestle a lot of like true luchadors. But um, that's a style I kind of want to explore more, you know, because it's you know it's just different, you know. But uh, I think the style that I wrestle in most is more of like uh, I guess you call it like a strong style, like you know, Smash Mouth. Like I I liken my style a lot to like a young Kenta when he was coming up through the ranks, you know. Oh yeah. Almost like a yeah, like a young Kenta, like a young Shibata. Um, also a little bit of like you know, I love like all Japan, so really big into Kenta Kobashi and Masawa. So I try to embody things that like they like I think that's what my style is the most you know kind of that hard-hitting like King's Road strong style but obviously I love to watch that but I also love just like it's like that early 2000s to even like from like early 90s to mid 2000s like WWE style like the workhorse style like yeah yeah and even just like the main event stuff too like I'm a huge Triple H guy like I love Triple H like I love the big main event matches of like Big dudes getting after it, you know, like, you know, like, you know, the they <laughs> like, oh, yeah, big meaty men slapping meat, like, you know, I man, like, I, I love that shit too, like, <laughs> like you know, just like, I, I love that stuff, but, uh, like, I honestly, I like watching all wrestling. It kind of just depends on, like, the mm-hmm. flavor of the month, like, you know, all of it when it's done at a high level is so good, you know, you watch it when it's kind of like trash, it's like, ah, oh, man, this stuff. This stuff sucks, but when you watch, like, any style at, like, a high level, even if you're, like, the biggest fan of it, you can sit there and be like, wow, like, that's, that's impressive right there. Like, they're, they're really good at what they do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I want to get into, like, the Lucha style, but it, it's hard to because there's, like, so many separate, like, nuances to it. But, like, I can still appreciate the fact that they are, like, world talent.
1: Know, like now too like i've seen i am been able to see a lot more of the lucha guys like in person especially gcw like books you know they usually have like a good showcase and lucha guys at almost all of their shows and mm-hmm. seeing those guys those guys are machines like they like when we we're in uh at the collective in tampa the, this past year um so we were outside like the, what we were gonna call it like, a band club or something but let's be honest it was like a big, like, lot, where they probably have, like, fairs or whatever, you know, like... It, it looked like a parking lot, to be honest. It was a parking lot. It was just, it was, a, it was a parking lot, dude. And, uh, the inside was so much cooler, too, but, and apparently the inside was haunted, but, but anyway. Uh, so it was like, it was, we were outside in the Nova parking lot, it was like, it was April or something, but it was like 90 degrees every day, and there was no like, coverage from, like, a tent or anything. Like, we were in this, like, concrete parking lot. The ground was, like, baking, you know? The ring canvas was so hot. Like, it was, like, you would... If you put your hand on it, you could not leave it on for more than a few seconds. Like, that's how hot it was. It was so uncomfortable. And, like, like from the concrete and the ring being hot, like, when you're in the middle of the ring,
0: like, holy oh,
1: effect where it feels like like someone's like baking you like it is like like someone has like a coal fire like below the ring like extra hot you know like it's it's terrible but those lucha guys like everyone was was puking and getting hurt but the lucha guys they were they were machines they like they did not stop they were not phased like i can tell like they were a little hot too but, like, <laughs> to the untrained eye, like, they didn't show it. Like, they were – because they already do insane stuff. But, like, this, the they were doing the same stuff but even going even crazier. Like, in the middle of the day matches, you know, like, when, like, the acid cup was happening. Like, they were going nuts. And I'm like, man, like, y'all are y'all are really different. You know, like, y'all are <laughs> some different dudes. And like, they probably used to that stuff I'm like, you know – up in Mexico and training up there. It's, it's hot balls down there too, so they're probably used to that stuff, but just what we were today, like, it was like, y'all, y'all are some different animals out here. Y'all are really machines. Like I can I cannot do that stuff you're doing right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like it's it's a very it's like an endurance thing. Like these guys have trained their bodies to like withstand any heat or any like temperature. And and it's... It's insane because it's, like, superhuman almost. And it's crazy because the lucha guys are the ones that are wearing... Well, most of them are the ones wearing masks, too, so it's gotta be even hotter for them. Oh, so much
1: hotter, bro. Like, I've wrestled the mask a couple times. Man, that is... I mean, they probably have some nice masks that are, like, a little more aerodynamic or whatever, yeah. but it gets hot in that. Like, who is... um Arez... He wears, like, yeah. face paint. He oh, has, like, furry boots on. Like, he wears, like, all black, like, tights. He has, like, furry boots. And, like, while they're, like, you know, it's like, oh, it's fur. Like, you know, it's just that like, extra weight. I know it gets hot in that shit, man. Like, he was going nuts. Like, they wear, like, you know... It's, I just, <laughs> they're just impressive, man. Like, you know, they're just... They don't stop moving. Like, it is it's a sight to behold when you see those guys wrestling. I'm, like, I'm not a huge guy either. Like, I don't watch... A whole lot of lucha wrestling. Like I've watched maybe a handful of lucha matches. Like pure lucha, like you know, like CMLL, AAA stuff. Like I only watched a few of them in my life. Like yeah, you sure. know, it's like, like really seeing those guys in person. Like man, like, they're they're something else.
0: Yeah, when I went to a, a GCW show recently, like that they had like a it was Blake Christian versus Bandito, and it was like oh that. That atmosphere, like, the way Bandito, like, moved, it was so, like, nuanced and, like, pinpointed. Like, he had, he was, like, thinking, like, five steps in advance. Yeah,
1: I no, it's like, I mean, when you see those kind of dudes do that stuff, like, well, it, like, he, he knows how nuanced it is. You know, like, he's not just doing that stuff, like, it's not like you're just making some shit up in your head, like, oh, like, it's so nuanced, like, you think, like, no. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is, he has everything down to a T. He has every small movement, every any everything that's happening in that ring. He knows what's going to happen, and he knows how he's going to. You know, he's just he is he is literally you know he is precise with everything. It's not just by happenstance that he's doing that. Like now, he is so skilled and so trained that he is so pinpoint with everything that he does.
0: Yeah, uh, Bandito is like one of those characters it seems like he does everything on purpose. Like, there's so many characters like that, like Chris Hero and Bandito. They're all the
1: guys like like that. Yeah, no, Chris Hero, too, man. Like, man, I wish he was still wrestling or whatever. I don't think he's I think he's just doing like seminars or podcasts whatever. Yeah, he's or, like, he
0: was or he's a, a producer he
1: for Ring of Honor now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know when i was like a fan like i even like even when he was like uh it's like no disrespect at all When he was like fat chris hero like when he came off nxt the first time and he was this was, like 2013 2014 and like, like that, that point, point, 2015, 2016, 2016, like before he went back to nxt and he was just like a big old dude gave him like rolling elbows and pile drivers like even that oh i love that chris hero man just like destroying guys and just like, oh, that Chris Hero is so good, but, you know, <laughs> even him is, like, he's so precise, and, you know, he's another, you know, another master of the craft too, 100%. And it, how it's can guys? you not love Chris Hero? Oh.
0: And these guys, they're all so, these guys are masters of the craft because of how, like, experienced they are, but also, like, Bandito's, like, in the grand scheme of things, he's pretty young in this business, to be honest, like, it, it it takes a lot to, like, have a a sense of... It's like a sixth sense, to be honest. It's like knowing every, like, move that... It's like a chess game, almost. With, with some of these... In
1: chess. Games. It really is human chess, you know, like... Knowing where dudes are, like... You know, you, you would think, like, oh, man, you're stepping around, like, how hard is it? There's four there's four sides of the rope, there's four, like, you know, corners, mm. like how, <laughs> you know, you're a pretty cl- enclosed area, you know, there's not too much to, like get confused about, but when like, you're really, really in there, like, it can get very discombobulating, yeah. like, you know, I don't, I think I'm pretty natural in the ring, like, I have a good sense of where I'm at, at most times, like, we all like, you know, get a little lost at some point, but, you know, you see some dudes, like, <laughs> you see some people like step in the ring the first time, like, they're like, man. They they look like they're lost. They don't know they're left from their right. Like they will, go, you know, or up or down. Like this people will get seriously lost in that ring. Like you, like you put them in like a maze or something. You know, like trying to like <laughs> a rat trying to <laughs> find a piece of cheese. You know, like some, like some <laughs> stuff like that in like you know a, a wrestling I mean, ring. But like when you get to like, like that, that little point little level, like to know exactly where you're at at all times, time. like. You know, yeah, that, that is, is like, yeah, an actual sixth sense. Six and, like, most people, like, you know, if you're born into it, you probably can develop it a little bit quicker. But, you know, you really have to, like, put yourself in the ring train all the time to really get a good sense of, like, where you are and, like, the ropes. and cause you know, all rings are different, too. I don't think people realize, but, like, all rings are different. Even the same ring can be different. I'll tell you later. Or even like five matches later, like the ropes will get a little bit looser, or maybe they'll tighten them a little bit more and they'll be a little bit tighter, or that'll mess with the height of the ropes or the turnbuckles, or you know, the springiness, or maybe that helps like keep the boards together in the ring and like the boards will be more shifty, less shifty. You know, maybe there's a side of the apron that doesn't get covered by a board, so there's just a beam sticking out of pure metal. Like, you know, like a board already sucks, but like, you know there's a reason why it's the hardest part of the ring because it's like it's supported by a stiff like metal beam that runs along the side so you know it's very you know it's not just hard just to know where you are in a ring you already know but like to be in like an ever-shifting ring or new ring it's it's so much harder to like be aware of where you are and like how it works and you know of all that stuff all those variables you know to be aware of them all the time
0: Yeah, for sure. Like it it, it seems like it's also i di- I've heard it's a different like size depending on which promotion you're in. Also,
1: practically yeah. well, different. Like I wrestle in 10x10 10 10 rings, I wrestle in 12x12, 12 14x by, 12, 14 by, by 14 whenever, 16 18 I think I've been in a 20x20 20 20 once. But like, <laughs> you know, like Obviously, a ten to a twenty is a big size gap, anyways. But even like a fourteen to a sixteen, a sixteen to an eighteen, like those two extra feet are, you know, that can make a huge world of difference. Like it will, it will make the biggest. You never thought two feet would be so large. Pause, but like it really will. It really will. Like you know, it's a so fun. It, you know. It could it really mess with you up, you know? Like, in that GCW ring, man, like, at least the one they use when they're on the East Coast, um, that ring, I think, is a 14. I mean, yeah, it might be a 14 by 4. Like, it's small, dude. Like, you, pay, like, you know, you think most rings would be, like, a real professional ring would be at least, like, 18 or a 20-foot ring. Like, I think New Japan might have a 22, but I know, I think WWE is pretty sure it's 20. But, like, you know, when you're in that GCW ring, like, it is, like, you know, you have very thin margins of error. You know, you need to be, like, very precise. Especially with these dudes who are so, like, you know, when you're doing all those, like, crazy flips or whatever, like, you need to be, like, very pinpoint. Because, like, an inch could literally kill you. Like, I know that's something over exaggeration could have all-time wrestling, but, like, my god, an inch could alter the way... That you or someone lives life. Forever, just, just look at what you know? happened
0: to like Enzo, like when he like di- did that uh, that spot where he like where that botch with uh, with like when he uh, when he hit his head like at one of the pe- pay
1: per views back
0: in the day. Yeah,
1: he, was, like, he uh he like kind of like got yeah, thrown into the ropes or whatever, and like he hit his head on the rope, but, like, and like he ricocheted back in the mat, and like, like that's a really, really him yeah, like that yeah yeah man like <laughs> I tell you what dude those ropes man like, those suck like the ropes like uh obviously just everything sucks in a ring like you know you just get conditioned to it so it doesn't suck as much but like those ropes like hitting them or like you know like falling on a rope like you know boys people always, like hit their nuts on the ropes or whatever you get crushed. like huh that, <laughs> that that shit sucks man like that will, that will fuck
0: up your month, like, Like, when know. this guy, or, um, Rey Mysterio did, a uh, the 619 on, like, on a guy in, like, Mexico, and he, and that, like, the impact, like, that made him, that almost, like, killed him. Well, no, he <laughs> no, no, did kill no. him, it was
1: Paraguayo uh, Jr., like, yeah. you know, he, uh, alright, you know, I guess he just got, like, dropped holes the ropes or something, or Karana, and, like, you know, I bet he, I bet he was, like, an inch off, you know, like, I don't know after what happened, but I bet he was an inch off and like, where he thought he was going to be, because, he, you know, he was, a, he was, a he about. like, a second generation wrestler, he knows where he is in that ring, but, like, you know, you can literally you take, like, you fall an inch too far, an inch too close, and, like, that will, that could kill you, like, it could, it could literally kill you. There's just so many
0: dangerous factors that go into it.
1: It is. It's, it's a wonder that more people don't get severely hurt in wrestling. You know, like... Like, the human body is pretty amazing. Like, it can take a certain amount of punishment. But, uh... Like, I am very surprised nowadays that more people don't get, like, severely hurt in you, wrestling. There's, a, there's
0: a, I, I just thought of something. Like, when you were... When people were wrestling in the pandemic... It, the, like, the uh, adrenaline kind of go down when you were, like, when you were wrestling, or or was it, like, around the same? Oh, adrenaline
1: was, like, not even there. You know, that's when I think the pandemic was an interesting time. Like, I, obviously, it did not have a lot of good wrestling in the pandemic, like, let's be honest, like, you really knew that. Even though, like, the wrestling was good, like, not having a crowd there, like, that really, like, that messaged it up, but, like, when you're in there, I've been on shows or tapings or anyone call them like where right. we didn't get like entrance music. Like they're like, alright, we're just gonna start in the ring.
0: Also like they like, gave all you all right, the job arrangements. Yeah, yeah I'm
1: like or, well, you know, but it's just you know, yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know, you do T V or something or you do like these stream shows on fight or whatever and like mm-hmm. maybe they you know, there's copyright issues are super problematic right now with using music, so You know, a lot of companies that are streamed on, like, Spike TV or on, like, local television or whatever level that are, you know, can be copyright issues, like, you know, you barely have to cut back on it. But, you know, you just stand in the middle of the ring and they would say, all right, be ready, ring the bell. And, like, you know, I don't know if y'all are playing sports or something, but, like, I know, like, (laughs) I wasn't a (laughs) super, super, superstitious guy. You know, but, like, a lot of people have, like, their superstitions about, like, you know, you play baseball, like, I played travel baseball, like, you know, if I woke up, like, I had to put on my socks the same way every day before I got on the batter's box or whatever, or, like, if I was going to do, like, a wrestling meet or, like, have a, you know, amateur wrestling, like, you know, you just like, certain stuff you have to do. And if you're, so it's the same thing for professional wrestling. Like, it's still, like, if you can just have a whole, like, routine in your mind, like, even just, like, walking out, like, that's part of it. And not having that, and then even like not having fans either, like that seriously will like fuck with you mentally. Like that will that can take you totally out of the moment. And like you just what, what we were just saying, like the margin of error is very thin. After wrestling, so like, like I can tell they were not on, and like they like either injured, like, injured themselves or almost injured like, themselves or like injured like, someone like, else. Like you could just tell, like oh, mentally, mentally, like they like, were not there, like, they they were not prepared because of you know, know the no fans being there, like the limited, limited amount, or whatever, whatever the situation, situation was, like pandemic time wrestling. Life, like you know, a lot of people were not there mentally and like mentally prepared for their match. So you know, it can seriously alter your match too.
0: yeah for sure it's it it's all a very preparation because of the the preparation when it comes to like you can you're very focused on like like it's a very it's an it's a crowd-based sport so like your focus is mainly to put on a show for the crowd and when you're not able to do that you like 100% hyper focus on your opponent and you see like every single little thing you're doing wrong (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it's a mindset, a mindset for sure, you know, you're not able to, you know, some people, they really just kind of, like, it's not like they black out, they go almost on autopilot. I used to do that, but I'm a lot more, like, present in the, in my matches more. Like, I've but, heard, uh, so
0: Eddie Kingston, he, he, like, legit blacks out during his matches. Yeah, Dude, man, like, right, there's times,
1: like, you know, I think mean, now I'm, like, you know, I'm a little more present, but man like like you just don't like, like you'll go, go in and you'll know what's happening at the moment, moment. but like you know can you could ask me like 20 minutes later what, what the hell just happened, happened. like i have no clue what, what just happened in the ring right there. there like i don't, I don't even know, know what, what you know, know what, like the it most was intense, was intense part the most intense moments of your life yeah i cannot tell you how i was feeling what was happening you know like i cannot tell you a single thing like even if i watch it back i'll be like yeah like i don't remember how that happened you know like but um but yeah, like, in, in COVID, you know, like, you know, you, people who, like, weren't used to being present or, like, whatever in their matches, like, you know, you can tell i messed with a lot of people. Like, they were just totally off, but, but yeah.
0: For sure, and to end off this interview with Griffin McCoy, I, I have one last question for you. Who is your, like, a, anyone, like, like, signed or not? Who is your dream op- dream opponent and an add on to that, can you cut a promo on your dream opponent? Uh,
1: really bad promo on them, but um uh what's dream opponent. Well because you show Okada. Oh, favorites. Um uh, and another person. Oh, I would love to wrestle Brock Lesnar. You know, like that's, like, that's, like, a big... Dude, I would, I would love, love to wrestle Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar and win. Like, like that's, that's what I really, really want to do. Like, I would, I would love, love to beat Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. That's, that's just... That's hype, hype right there. So, you know, know I can mean? I, I can cut I from bro Brock Lesnar.
0: I hate Brock Lesnar.
1: If you it, I In the one and one gazillion chance you're listening to this, you know, I think I got you, bro. You know, you're big, you're bad, but guess what? You ain't. I think you worked really hard to get where you're at today. But, you know, you you had to help yourself. I can't help how good I am. I can't help how talented, how much charisma I have. One day, let's say Brock Lesnar, who? Oh, Brock Lesnar? Oh, yeah, yeah, he got beat by Griffin McCoy one time. So, you know, hold on to your championships. Hold on to your WrestleMania main events. They're all going to be little tiny grains of sand in comparison to top guy Griffin McCoy's history and lineage and legacy. That's that's your promo right there. And uh, is there
0: anywhere? Um, is there anywhere that uh, these people could find you?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram mainly. I said I have a website coming down. It's it's not like already out, but it's not like finished or whatever. But Griffin McCoy, I'm at the Griffin McCoy. All on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And then, you know, you can find me on Facebook, too, but only hit me up if you're, like, a like a promotion or something. Only me to hit you up on Facebook, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Also, you can email me, too, for bookings or inquiries for podcasts or, you know, wrestling bookings. Uh, I'm griffin.mccoy.sf.
0: It was really good talking to you, Griffin. Thanks for uh, coming what? on. Uh And thanks for listening, and uh, keep enjoying indie wrestling.